This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space, sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and organization to the next level. The format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. And today's episode is sponsored by our friends at the Travel Ability Summit, a conference designed to bring together the disability travel community, destinations, hotel, cruise lines, airlines, attractions, and product innovators to exchange practical solutions and new ideas for making travel accessible for all. And Jake Steinman and his team have just announced that conferences return after COVID. It's August 30th and 31st in Tampa. To learn more, go to TravelAbilitySummit.com. And now on to our show, Christine Shimo Shimasaki, CDME, CMP of Two Synergize LLC, a Simple View consulting company, is a passionate advocate for the meetings industry. Previously, Shimo served as a full-time consultant for Destinations International, managing the Mint database and the Event Impact Calculator, and provided leadership and guidance to the industry with specific meetings, market issues, and opportunities. Under Two Synergize LLC, Shimo continues to help CVBs, convention centers, hotels, and corporations serve the event industry by developing collaborative sales strategies with community stakeholders, providing sales analytics through FuturePace, and once again, managing the Mint database. So a little deja vu there. Shimo has been named a CMP 30 influencer by Events Industry Council, one of the 25 most influential people in the meetings industry by successful meetings, and a meeting trendsetter by Meetings Focus. She earned her BS in kinesiology at University of California, Los Angeles, and her MBA at San Diego State University. She also earned a certificate in e-learning instructional design and is currently on faculty for SDSU's Master's in Meetings and Event Management, teaching data-driven decision-making for event professionals. She has served the tourism industry as a board member to PCMA, co-chair of the Performance Measures Initiative for DI, and chair to Destination International's Accreditation Board. Shimo authored the Event Room Demand Study in partnership with Tourism Economics, quantifying for the very first time the volume of rooms booked outside the contracted room block. She loves to go on golf vacations and take short excursions with friends and family, and there are very few people who are universally recognized by just one name. I mean, there's Cher, there's Bono, there's Prince, there's Pink, so it's an honor well, to welcome Shima to DMOU. Well, thank you, Bill. Thank you so much. It's just really fun to be with you today. There's so many cool things that are happening with Mint, with SimpleView, with Destinations International, and, you know, it's one of those moments where, you know, we're not quite ready to say it, but we know that what's going to happen with Mint going forward is going to be very, very, very cool. And actually, it's happening right, right now. So let me get to our first question with you. When the organization known as Destinations International was formed back in 1914, one of the purposes was to share information between communities about meetings and conventions that rotated around the country and soon to rotate around the world. One can only imagine how tedious and slow that process was in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. I remember how tedious it was in the 80s. Today, the platform... <laughs> Not that you're trying to date yourself, right? <laughs> well, now. I'll date myself. I won't date you. But I mean, I remember those packets we would get in the mail. And you know, ultimately, you know, the technology 
caught up with us with the with the vision with where we wanted to go with this sharing and this is of course the most sharing of industries that i've ever uh, seen or been involved with and ultimately this thing became mint so there's probably no one on earth that is as intimately connected to mint as you are and so for your first question just tell us the history tell us how we got here well you know bill i think it speaks to like two fundamental premises that I think are still true today. So you mentioned one of them, which is this incredible connection that we have in this industry, which of course paves the way to collaboration. But I think secondly, there was always this desire to ensure the professionalism of our industry. By that, I mean that as we look to attract conventions, we wanted to make sure that we were fully informed of the events versus shooting in the dark. So this sharing, you know, these two fundamental premises, I think are very alive and well today, but that's really what started the whole exchanging, as you call it, the packets, but they're really had to physically exchange at the beginning these blue sheets. And these blue sheets really contained information on conventions that rotated. And in the late maybe 1980s and 90s, it became a database, first called Synet, then eventually Mint. Right. And there was a gentleman, Tom Chow, who was the vice president of technology at the now known as Destinations International, who really has to take credit for helping our industry go electronic. Now, I came into the scene about 2009, Bill, and I joined Destinations International as a consultant and uh, teamed up with Donovan Shai, Elaine Rosquist, and Jason McEntee, who is with Digital Metal. He's one of the partners. And, you know, I had come to this opportunity at Destination International right after 16 years at San Diego CVB. So I shared the perspective of many of my colleagues that Mint was not on a path to reach its fullest potential. Yeah. So that shared conclusion was that Mint was missing a lot of information. And it was due to the lack uh, and the difficulty and time-consuming task of reporting events. So it wasn't a dependable resource for salespeople to go to because there would be a lot of information lacking or dated. So I was guided by the sales um, and marketing committee at the time, and we collectively set out on this mission to see how we can improve Mint. So back in 2009 and 2010, there were two major enhancements that took place that really kind of paved the way to where we are today. But one of those enhancements was the building of what we call an API. It's an application program interface, and it allows two systems to speak to each other. Mm -hmm. So this allowed the CRM systems to write to or develop to the API we developed and then allowed the two-way exchange of information with Mint. So that was one of the first enhancements that Digital Metal did. And then secondly, we brought in an outside resource, which was sort of unheard of at the time, that Mint would actually have outside data added. 
but we did a partnership with Columbia Books Information Services, CBIS, and what they did was not only add meeting information that was researched by them, but also we were able to keep through their services, Mint contacts updated on a regular basis. So that's the reason it's called Mint Plus today with those added data of information. So today, you know, we have over 73,000 meeting profiles because of both the API as well as CBIS. So how many of those 73,000 are coming to us because of the relationship with an outside service? Probably unique records. It's probably around 8,000, 9,000 unique profiles that got added. Yeah, which is great because it, it rounds out the database, but it also points to the fact that we, as destination marketing organizations, over decades have created the lion's share of this information. And so one would expect that, and this is nothing against Columbia, but one would expect that because DMOs were creating this information, there's probably a pretty high level of reliability. And yet, you said one of the problems with Mint over time has been kind of a, uh, you know, they're not putting all the information into the fields. They're not completing it as one would hope we all would. And, and I get it. It's time consumptive and we're all busy. As you were looking at this with Simple View over the past couple of years and getting ready to go to Mint Plus, where was the, the disconnect that got you to the point that we said, okay, this is going to be a complete reimagination? Destinations International and Don, you know, really knew that he needed an, another look at this asset of the association. And so they commissioned Dan Fenton with JLL to conduct an assessment of the technology products at DI. Mm -hmm. And in their research around Mint Plus, there was no question that many of the subscribers use Mint primarily to do two things. One is to gather history, which was 90% of the subscribers would be looking for uh, an event's history. And then also for prospecting new groups. So about two thirds of the subscribers pointed that out as what they did inside of Mint. But nearly half of them, they didn't really feel like they used Mint to the fullest extent. And overwhelmingly, they wanted Mint to evolve into a more proactive tool for business development. So if Mint was to have a future, which I'm sure is what Don was asking himself, it really needed more technology support. So Ryan George of SimpleView, you know, I've known Ryan um, for many years, maybe a decade and a half. And we've always been simpatico about the vision of what would best support the industry. And giving DMOs the right technology has always been at, at the core. So, you know, he really had a vision that we needed different technology to come to the forefront for Mint to really become that proactive tool for business development. So, what did we need to change? We need to, one, ease reporting, right? We really needed to make it, it easy to comply 
to being a reporter or a subscriber. And we needed richer information mm -hmm. and we needed intelligent prospecting. Okay, so it was just over a year ago that Destinations International and SimpleView entered into a landmark agreement that would take Mint to this new level of exceptionalism that I think that you're, you're aiming for. And SimpleView's commitment to reconfigure the platform with no downtime for existing users was pretty cool. I mean, you're essentially updating the airplane software system while you're flying around the world. <laughs> so what needed to be changed and what changes are current users seeing right now as we get ready to convene in Baltimore for Destination International's annual convention? First of all, some of the fundamentals that the platform can afford really gave us an opportunity to add an application to Mint. It really doesn't have anything to do directly with Mint, but an added benefit to the Mint subscribers. And that was to add a, a calculator tool inside of Mint called ESP. Okay. If you used ESP, then you would have that extrasensory perception about events, right? But ESP really stands for Event Scoring Profile. And it was a way for DMOs to really understand by scoring their own data in the meeting profile of their CRMs, the ability to understand what business was uh, rated higher versus other business based on some key parameters, right? So one of the things we did right off the bat was to see what other kinds of tools that Mint could serve as a platform by which we could add other types of modules like ESP. The other thing that we did was also add some additional outside data. Uh, this one was from ProPublica and what th this data source able to do was to add and enhance the organization information that was found inside of Mint. So you can imagine not only did we have an API with Mint in that exchange between CRMs and Mint, but now we went external for the very first time and went to a public data source that brought in budget data to the organizations in Mint giving the organizations more contextual kinds of information. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that all have to do with where we're going? Well, I think that one of the most important things we needed to do was in order to get to intelligent prospecting, we needed a lot of data, right? We needed all the data. And that was the fundamental part that we had to revisit with the industry. And that was one of the things the Mint Steering Committee really brought forward is that we can't continue on with the current reporting process. So that led to the discussion and that led to the awareness that we really needed to be all in. So in other words, we needed to ease reporting, we needed to get all the CRM data of the Mint subscribers in the Mint database, which would really contribute that data electronically or automatically so that you don't sit there and have to report each event one by one. Thank you. It actually all comes <laughs> in every month. Yeah. So 
all in was a big step because basically Bill, we said, you either in or you're out. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So if you're going to collaborate, if you're going to benefit to the fullest extent, then we needed to bring all the data in. Now, it's easy to say that we want to do all in, but on the back end, it requires quite a lot of technology to deduplicate across, you know, hundreds of CRM systems. Mint is CRM agnostic, right? We want to work with whatever CRM people are using. And so it requires us to deduplicate profiles, make sure all the events are all rolling up to the right organizations. And so that is where the first step is taken to bring new technology to the Mint database. And the new technology is, is a form of artificial intelligence. There's a lot of industries today that are utilizing some form of artificial intelligence. As consumers, you know, we're used to the Netflix, you know, sort of approach or the Amazon mm -hmm. application sure. of artificial intelligence where it's really serving up recommendations. Well, we can't get to that level of artificial intelligence until we do the first, and that is to decide which are matches. Is this a match? Yes or no. So what we're undertaking right now is that first machine learning. So we're actually teaching the machine between what's right and what's wrong so that we get high probability of matches as the data is coming in from the CRM. This is really paving the way for us to be more proactive into the future. But there's one other aspect that's changed and it just went live on June 1st. And what happened is that we also sourced new market segmentation and we decided that in order for us to really help destinations target the proper industries that are, have a propensity to meet in those destinations, we needed to do a better job at the market segmentation. So we have overhauled the Mint market segmentation and we have adopted two forms of industry standards. So through another application program interface or APIs, we subscribe to the NAICS, which used to be SIC, but it's now called the North American Information Classification System. And NAICS is really appropriate for for-profit or corporate groups. Mm -hmm. But NTEE is another classification system for nonprofit. Right. So because of the way in which our DMOs work accounts, it was necessary to bring both classifications into Mint. So by virtue of just overhauling the market segmentations, now when you do a search by market segments in Mint, you get a much more highly reliable result. And there were tens of thousands of records that would never get brought up in a search because it didn't have an accurate market segmentation. So now every record in Mint today has been reassigned against this new classification system. So 
I don't know if that's very exciting to you, Bill, oh. but it's super exciting for those of us who've been in and around Mint. Yeah, it's totally exciting to me. And yeah, I'm a little bit of a geek, but... <laughs> Here's the thing, as we've been saying, you know, the relationship between destination marketing organizations and economic development councils and agencies, you know, continues to become closer and closer and closer. And what we've been advising our clients for as long as I can remember is say, go to your EDC, find out what their top three, four or five industries are that they're courting, because every destination is good at something. You know, this one might be good at telecommunications. This one might be good at ag. This one might be, you know, perfect for healthcare. Whatever that may be, or whatever those four or five may be, chase those. Chase those meetings because those meeting attendees are the ones who will ultimately make the decision of whether they want to invest in your town. So it's the perfect marriage, and you've just created the ability for us to chase business in that way. So, yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and I'm so glad you mentioned that, Bill, because I'm a big fan of that strategy. I think it is really intelligent to connect the dots between the local knowledge centers within your destination to the events that you're attracting. Yeah, that's just huge. And part of me looks back, Mint has been this evolution, and it's every time it's, it's reimagined, everybody gets excited, but then there's always the, oh, geez, but it doesn't do this, you know? And, it, and so there's been this kind of push-pull thing. And right now, you think to yourself, why didn't we do this in the past? But uh, we, we just weren't thinking along that line, or the technology wasn't available. I think it's just radically exciting that we now can search in this way. So, so final question. This is going to become a predictive asset for salespeople for DMOs, there's a suggestion that, as you call it, the machine says, hey, <laughs> you really need to look at these people over here that you haven't looked at yet because you, you may not think they'd line up with you, but they do. And you said that's coming sometime maybe by the end of the year? Yeah. So when you think about what's happening rapidly in B2B sales, you know, I follow Salesforce's studies that they produce every year, and they, they produce a, a report, Bill, called State of Sales. What has been at the very height of that topic is really how artificial intelligence reaches the critical mass with top performers. In other words, sales organizations have reporting an increased use of AI. And why is that? It's because we need to put more of our sales force's time into that relationship building versus in non-selling activities. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the research that people are doing and searching on the web, these are all non-selling activities that need to get automated. So we're using machine learning in two ways. So the first way is for matching records that are coming in from all the CRMs, right? So they're coming in, we've got to teach the machine to make these accurate matches. The second application of the machine learning is going to be in what we're calling the recommendation engine. So based on patterns, we will be making recommendations for events that may be rotating uh, maybe they're regional events, or maybe they're doing an east-west, midwest rotations. 
We can tell now by the volume of data that we've collected through all in, we're able to discern what those patterns are to make those recommendations to the DMOs. So that is all the work that's going to take place in building that recommendation engine. And that begins now through the end of the year. Because recommendations take time, over time it gets more and more intelligent because it's picking up more and more patterns. I think the DMOs are really going to be able to see that towards the end of this year, beginning of next mm -hmm. year, where it's really producing opportunities with some definite patterns. So I'm pretty excited about that. We're having a lot of preliminary meetings now about what that looks like. And the Mint Steering Committee, of course, is going to be very involved with helping us with what those pattern recognitions should be. So we're going to be right in there with the rest of other sales organizations that are taking advantage of this type of automation. Well, I think it's one more reason why those maybe who have never been in Mint or maybe were and got frustrated and threw up their hands and, and pulled back. I mean, these new advances that you're making makes Mint almost a no-brainer. Well, I've always aspired, Bill, to make sure that Mint is a tool that salespeople can't live without. Right. And that's always been our sort of driving goal. So I, I said that the last question was your last question, but I have one more because <laughs> what the hell? It's my podcast. I can change the rules. So here's the thing is the all in. I mean, I am all in on the all in concept, but I remember, uh, what was it? Five or six years ago, maybe more that simple view attempted to bring to market a database called arena. And I thought it was magically brilliant but a lot of DMOs were really reluctant to add their data into Arena because, I don't know, they thought that somehow their data would become exposed and their secret sauce would get shown to the world or whatever it was. It, it just never got traction. What are you hearing from DMOs about connecting APIs and saying, here's our database, have at it? I can see a lot of DMOs, old school DMOs, saying, oh, no. Oh, no, that, that's my data. So what is it that separates what you're doing with Mint Plus from that original Arena project? Because, I mean, as much as we're a sharing group, sometimes we're not. <laughs> so true. You know, timing is always something, right, Bill, to consider. Yeah. And I think that maybe Arena was before its time. Yeah. And I think that one recognition more and more people are having is that data is kind of ubiquitous, right? Event data is, it's everywhere. Yeah. It just takes time to find it and uh, get your arms around it and really source the multiple areas that you need to find the information that would make intelligent prospecting. So that's a lot of non-selling activity. Mm -hmm. I happen to believe that we don't compete on the data. We compete on our destination assets and our salespeople's ability to bring those assets to the right customers. And so what is essential about that is having the right information, right? So I don't really feel that we, we compete on that, but you're absolutely right. There is a fear factor in 
all in. But it's also a huge competitive advantage when we collaborate and make it more efficient for our salespeople yeah. to really focus on selling activities and relationship building and understanding our customers even better. But we often can't get access to those customers if we don't know the fundamentals. And that's what Mint should provide our salespeople is equip yeah. them with the fundamentals about what they should already know before contacting that customer. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, that information is out there. It may take somebody a day to get all the information that you can provide in seconds. And, you know, I think, Ryan, uh, the idea behind Arena was brilliant. There's just no question, mm -hmm. right? For those that really got into that, they really had a better data story to tell their stakeholders. But I think timing today is amazing that as we come back and need to bring our sales teams back, what better resource than Mint to fuel them yeah. as they're looking for the right business for their destination? Well, hey, Shimo, thank you for all you do for us in this industry and, that, and you have for decades. And the passion that you bring to Mint Plus, how can people who are not already all in and engaged and subscribing to Mint, how can those DMOs find out more? I'd like them to contact Terry Roberts on my team. And you can find Terry Roberts at terry.roberts at twosynergize.com. And you can always go to SimpleView's website, search for Mint, and certainly you'll find all our contact information there. Great. Well, congratulations for all you do, but we can't let you go before the bonus round question. So we, we've heard <laughs> we've heard some pretty interesting first job stories on past episodes, and we understand that you have one too, and one that your dad didn't think was a real job, but you did get a paycheck. So how did you prove your dad wrong? What was that first job? Well, I graduated uh, after getting my kinesiology degree, and then I decided that I would continue um, some higher education, and I went up to San Jose to enroll at San Jose State University, and I wanted to get into recreational therapy. So that all made sense, right? Kinesiology to recreational therapy. Right. But okay. as things happen, you know, and I, I believe connections that we make along the way there's something to that. They're not as random as we think that they might be. And I made a connection with this woman I needed to work while I went to grad school. And uh, she had this business called Outrageous Experiences. And what they were was a recreation agency that basically helped the corporations in Silicon Valley retain their employees through recreational activities. So companies, you know, like Lockheed and Hewlett Packard and all those Silicon Valley companies, they would have these industrial recreation programs for their employees and their employees' families. So what Outrageous Experience did was sell those programs to these corporations. So they included hot air ballooning, river rafting, ski trips, wine tasting tours, and activities like that. 
And so that's what I did for my first job was work for her and sell those programs to these corporations, employee activity programs. After about four months on the job, the person who owned the agency just left, <laughs> took off to Idaho. <laughs> and here I was left with this company. And I ran this company for the next four to five years just on my own with some friends as my tour guides. And who wouldn't want to be a tour guide, you know, up for a ski trip or a wine tasting tour or a hot air ballooning trip? So that's how I started off in this business was really being an organizer of these kinds of events. But uh, my dad really never thought it was a real job because, you know, a corporation wasn't giving me a check. Uh, I was trying to make it on my own, which worked for me for about four to five years. But it was a really great experience to start off my working career as an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask, so you go from outrageous experiences running this company that was kind of like, kindly gifted to you. So how did you find your way to the San Diego CVB? Well, like I mentioned before, Bill, one thing leads to another, right? I think opportunities never mm -hmm. die. They just sort of pass on to somebody else. So I was one of those people that always took the opportunity. And Atari, you know, the maker of the video games, they had approached me to do what I was doing for all these corporations mm -hmm. in Silicon Valley to do just for them. So I became their activities administrator for the company. And that was really a great time during Pac-Man days yeah. and, and Centipede and Asteroids. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there and one of my vendors was the Marriott's Great Americas. Uh, Marriott had two theme parks at the time. And Marriott's Great Americas was right across from Atari headquarters. And we would always do our company division picnics there. So I was organizing those picnics. So when Atari went from 10,000 employees worldwide to 2,000 employees, mm -hmm. I was laid off in that last 2,000. And immediately Marriott gave me a call, the theme park gave me a call to come work for them. So that started my Marriott days, okay, later then, transferred yeah. into the hotel side of the business. So you can kind of see how I navigated through from the hotels into the great world of destination marketing organizations. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, hey, Shimo, again, thank you so much for all you do. I'm geeked out over Mint Plus. I think what you and SimpleView have done uh, over the past year or so is transformative. And I can't wait to see the presentations in Baltimore and continue to learn what next with Mint Plus, because pretty soon it's going to be Mint Plus, 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 right? And that's our goal, is really to always deliver value to the sales professional. My heart is there with sales professionals, and we really want to elevate their game. Cool. That's it for this edition of DMOU. Tell your friends and your peers. This is where the best and the brightest get together to tell inspiring stories for DMO pros. And thanks again to our sponsor, the Travel Ability Summit, a conference designed to bring together the disability travel community, destinations, hotel, cruise lines, airlines, attractions, and product innovators to exchange practical solutions and new ideas for making travel accessible for all. The conference is back August 30th and 31st in Tampa. To learn more, 
go to TravelAbilitySummit.com. DMOPros.com is where you're going to find more on our services to the DMO industry, plus links to the Z News, our book Destination Leadership, videos, blogs, and the biggest DMO job board on the planet, as well as links to earlier episodes of DMOU. That's DMOPros with a Z.com. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMO Pros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time.